Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Bryan. And uh, if you're new to this podcast, this is the weekly uh, – we report this uh, – our week – this yeah, let me try that again. This is our weekly podcast where we actually report the biggest news in, in the world of geeks. So we cover movies, TV, comics, gaming, technology uh, of the past week. So uh, we got kind of a heavy, heavy show today, so I think we'll just jump right into it. Um, of course, uh, real sad news this week, the passing of Leonard Nimoy at uh, the age of 83. Uh, he passed away on Friday morning. Uh, to be honest, I, when I heard he was rushed to the hospital like a week ago, I kind of had a bad feeling about it. Yeah, I did too. And uh, I thought, oh man. And uh, of course, you know, <laughs> every corner of... Uh, of pop culture has been raising tribute to uh, to him. Uh, if you have, if you access our uh, Instagram page, I uh, reposted a from the local Long Beach Comic Expo. They had a moment of silence for Letter Nimoy, and people were holding up the Vulcan salute um, for him. SNL did a little tribute to him at, um, on their show, and yeah, one of the astronauts in the ISS. That, did a little bit too. That was cool. I saw that. Yeah. Zoe Zaldana did one on hers, and uh, you know, and J.J. Abrams, of course, and uh, Zachary Quinto. So it was, it was, it was weird too, because like, um, you know, it's it's funny because you know he's like he yeah I mean he, you know, he was an author, a photographer, a director. He's done a lot of he's added a lot to pop culture, but of course, you know, he's most known for for Spock and I, I think it kind of says something about a character who really kind of had no emotions but at the same time had a lot of emotions and uh, you know I always thought him and McCoy always brought a good balance to Kirk because you have yeah. you have extremes you know McCoy's passionate you know uh, human compassion extreme and then you have Spock's logical and then Kirk had to kind of find the middle ground between them and I uh, always thought that was just such a a great little, a great little, uh, 
great character that he that he brought off and uh, in pop culture. And I think a lot of people respect that because at the same time, while it's harsh, some of the things he says, you're like, yeah, but it makes sense. And you take the you take the human emotion out of it. Being that uh, Star Trek has always been a big part of my life. I still watch. I watch Next Generation every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I started off with Next Generation. So the first time I ever saw Spock was actually during that two-parter uh, the unification. Oh, right, yeah. I think it was at the end of the fourth season? Like, I don't remember. I think so. And um, so I watched that actually yesterday. Uh, queued it up. So it was... Um, and I think, I think too, it's kind of brought me to like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally watch the original series. Like I've seen a few episodes, but it wasn't my. It's almost like Doctor Who. Like it, right. it's not my crew. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I think I'm gonna watch it because it, it. The few episodes that I've seen, the performance level from Leonard Nimoy was, was incredible. Yeah. You know, to bring that to something that was. For all intents and purposes, a hokey show for its time. Right. It, it elevated it to to a point that allowed the creation of so many films and so many different television shows based off of the same canon. Yeah. And it's it was just it's amazing to think about that because in the I mean I wasn't there, but in the '60s, sci sci-fi wasn't all over the place like it is now. Right. You know, and and most of it was kind of shitty. Let's be honest. Yeah. So it's it's pretty. I don't know. It's just amazing when you think about it, and it's the performances that really carried the show. Well, it's the same thing. Like when you look at at Spock, and and I think anybody who's watched the original series, when you think of like, uh, like in the Next Generation and and the the series beyond that, whenever they brought on a new Vulcan, instinctively, you compared it to Mister Spock. And, yeah. you know, and you're always kind of like, nah, he's not really Spock, you know, it's that kind of thing. And uh, I didn't get the joy of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't I didn't like the Vulcans because in the next generation, when they first started showing them, they were always assholes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like they, they they weren't assholes to the point that like in um, Enterprise, oh, yeah. <laughs> but they were they you just they were always the one given fucking problems. Right. Right. You know, so. But then I remember when I saw Unification, that was the first... And I was young when Unification came out. And that was the first time I was like, who's Spock? And I think it was my... Um, my One of my uncles was like, what the fuck do you mean, who's Spock? <laughs> and that's that's when I started kind of learning more after, about... After you woke up, after they smacked you, right? After he punched me in the fucking face. <laughs> no, um, that was when I started learning a bit more. And that, that was actually... It's funny, because now that I think about it... I th the unification two-parter is when I really started being more serious about canon for Star Trek and looking things up at my local library. Because um, there's no internet. <laughs> um, the Dewey Decimal there was a, System. There was a book on Star Trek. Oh, like yeah. The lore of Star Trek. And then um, that was the first thing I ever became that kind of fan to at that moment. Yeah. Where I actually gave a shit about the actual universe right. of what was happening, so it's kind of a big deal, oh, you yeah. know. I mean, it's 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 funny because like you know most people remember him for Spock, and then of course they directed two of the Star Trek movies, 
but you know he directed two, uh, Three Men and a Baby. Um, yeah. He directed another movie. He was also in another TV series that I used to watch when I was a kid, and they re-aired it on A and E for a while. Um, but uh, he did this. Uh, he actually did this voiceover for In Search of. And it always was always investigating all these supernatural or all these things. It's kind of like the way what Morgan Freeman has now is through the wormhole. It was kind of like that where he used to make appearances, but I guess for um, uh, residual reasons, when they re ran him, they cut out a lot of his like on camera, but they just kept his voiceover. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, it, just seeing a lot of that stuff it, and. And it's kind of cool that like his last appearance was playing Spock, you know. Yeah, it's true. Star the Star Trek into darkness. Yeah. So it's it's always it's it's sad, but at the same time, you know, it's like well, it's kind of great because it was it was almost a passing of the torch situation too, yeah, you know. To, yeah, to Zachary Quinto. Yeah. And Zachary Quinto gave a a, a really good little heartfelt, you know, saying that he was his friend, and. uh you know, kind of. The- well, I think they spent out of everybody on the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies. I think they spent the most amount of time together. Obviously, right? You know, because because the Spock, Spock is iconic. Game, yeah, you, you it, not only is it iconic, but it's not. A lot role. of people don't realize that it's not easy to erase your emotions when you're acting. Oh yeah, that stuff comes out in your facial expressions, your mannerisms, everything. It's it's extremely difficult to just stand there like a machine. I used to um envy. Uh, the person who played uh, Data as well. Oh yeah. For for some reason, I'm suck at names, Brent so I Spider, can't. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's such a fucking. If you see him in interviews, he's laughing all the time yeah. and, and this and that. He's constantly you know, joking. Yeah. He's yeah. It's so difficult to just speak with no emotional inflection at all. Yeah. You know, and 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 Spock, I think, not only did that, or Leonard Nimoy rather, not only did that, but he also was able to put a very subtle amount of emotion into things in the later years. Yeah. Which I thought was even more impressive. I don't know. He's just a fucking amazing actor. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's nice to see this outpouring of people. Yeah. Because even people that didn't know, they're like, oh, Mr. Spock died, you know? So. There hasn't been any negativity to there. Usually when a, a celebrity dies, there's like somebody telling jokes too soon. Right, right. Something like that. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah. I mean, and you hear about, like, some people saying that, you know, when he heard that uh, Nichelle Nichols and George Takai were getting less pay in the original series, um, he went to the front office and was like, no, they need to, you know, they need to have equal pay. And That's that's legit. Yeah. And when they did the animated, I don't know if you guys remember the animated, the Star Trek animated series. But uh, they were going to replace Takai, Nichelle, and um, I think Walter Kooning um, with other actors. And Leonard Nemo goes, "Well, I'm not doing it then if they're not. We all do it, or not, or I'm not doing it." So, you know, it's boss mode. Yeah. <sighs> all right. So, moving on. Into- so that was sad. Yeah. So let's move on to something a little. I don't know how we can phrase this one. Positive, but not a little more neutral. A little more, yeah, a little more neutral, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, in regarding the net. So, FCC actually did something that a lot of us didn't think they would do, but they actually reclassified the internet. 
basically giving net neutrality a win. Now, there has been some confusion as regards to what net neutrality means, and basically anyone that's confused is basically an idiot. Um, these are people you should not take uh, legal advice from, nor should you take any financial advice from. Uh, but uh, the basic thing is, is net neutrality is just that. The internet stays neutral. It stays the same. There's no charging for high, for faster access, you know, for companies or sites like us. If we wanted more interaction with the, with, uh, you out there, we have to pay for a higher rate of internet, which I think is stupid, um, considering how slow our internet is compared to around the world. This is a joke. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so the FCC actually reclassified it as uh, Title II. So it doesn't mean that, and it's not far from over. The, uh, there's, I think Comcast has already, or Verizon or one of them has already said that we're going to sue. Um, and FCC said, bring it. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how this happens. We'll see what happens here. But uh, this is good. So this means that basically, you know, you won't have to pay more for content from for Netflix or Facebook or what have you. And keep in mind that the only one that was for, uh, what do you call it, uh, who was against net neutrality was... Time Warner, Comcast, Verizon. The, core, the the people who would benefit the most from it not existing. Exactly. And the people that were for net neutrality was Facebook, Google. Right. <laughs> you know. Those that rely on you to have the freedom to – well, actually, you know, it's interesting too because cause Google and Facebook could have benefited, especially with the fast lane um, things that they were, they were theorizing right. because – Obviously, Google can afford to be in that fast lane, and, and Facebook can afford it as well. And I think if net neutrality were, weren't to happen and it went the other way, they would be in the fast lane. They would like, fuck it, and they just pay the money so their services could be faster. But they wouldn't be seen as the bad guy at that point. They'd just be seen as having to. They do have it. the money, yeah. You know, so whatever. But um, I was actually very impressed. I, I want to say. Um, with the, those companies, those those internet companies that came out and said no, net neutrality is the way to go. Yeah. Especially Facebook, because you could kind of tell Facebook, you, you it's easy to think that Facebook would be like fuck fuck net neutrality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's totally true. Like you would, so they got, you know, for them it'd be like whatever. It's like here, pull you know Zuckerberg would reach into his pocket, pull out some cash, <laughs> go yeah. here, pay for the year, <laughs> and we're done. You know. Yeah, so it's um. I fully expected Google to be um, for net neutrality, though, because they're just, I don't know, they just, they're that kind of company, <laughs> I think. But they, they just, like, they, even if they, even if the C, even if the big guys in, on the board weren't for it, they have to be, because Google has this image of the little guy, even though they are grossly not <laughs> the little guy. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think, um, People's confusion with net neutrality, and we were talking about this off off uh, off air. Um, people listen to their friends, oh yeah, mucking about about bullshit before they listen to the actual facts, yeah. and that's with everything. Yeah. So, net neutrality was a very confusing topic to a lot of people, 
And I remember when John Oliver came out with that explanation, I think it was perfect. You know, but a lot of people did not understand what they didn't even understand that the internet was neutral now. Right. Like they didn't get it. Yeah. You know, so I think that confusion stemmed a lot of rumors and a lot of bullshit, of course, and then people just believe that more because, unfortunately, they're going to the internet for this information. So there's a lot of, you know, with freedom comes confusion sometimes, which is fine. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, because uh, the reason why that part came up was I was scrolling on my phone and I looked and I saw CNET had said, did this article about what neutrality doesn't fix the seven things that it doesn't fix and i'm reading through it and i'm going yeah 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 why is this an issue like yeah you know not not getting like i know this isn't what it's supposed to fix like it doesn't fix it doesn't prevent the time warner and comcast merger and it doesn't prevent uh, that's what people were saying yeah and what data caps you know that it doesn't prevent them from data capping you it's like no it's it keeps it the way it is right now. It doesn't. It, it prevents it from getting worse, you know. But it doesn't. And I think uh, the biggest issue too was a lot of these rumors. Either they believing in some of these rumors aided one side or the other of the debate. So no one clarified it when there was a debate. If everyone believes, oh, if we're for net neutrality, our internet will be faster. It's stupid to believe that. But if a bunch of people believe it, then net neutrality people aren't going to tell you, no, 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 that's not, they'll, yeah. go, they'll go, well, I'm, I'm just not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I was listening to this podcast, uh, Twit, which is just hosted by Leo Laporte. And um, I was listening to it, and they were talking about net neutrality. And I thought of anyone, you know, like this would at least kind of gear towards what, you know, you and I have been talking about, what what we knew about it. The problem with, with that debate was is they had people who were like consumer advocates, like two of them, and then they had internet providers, like two small internet providers trying to discuss this. And I'm like, well, this is where the issue is getting confusing because you have the mini internet provider, one guy that's saying Title II is just going to put him out of business, the other one saying, I'm for Title II, you know. And then you have these consumer advocates, and no one was clearly specifying what this all meant. And, you know, and I, and this is what disappointed me about Laporte was the fact that, you know, he's kind of supposed to bring, you know, a layman's term to some complex things. And even he couldn't quite decide. I'm like, it keeps it neutral. Like, it doesn't change anything. You're getting, they're getting into the whole government oversight and stuff like that. And it's like, no, they're, they reclassified as Title II, which means nothing changes at this point. It's not good. Yeah, it's it's actually extremely simple. Do you like how the internet is right now? Yes. Then you like net neutrality. Yeah. It's done and done because that's how it is right now. Yeah, and I think but, I think everybody's assuming that well now that the government is going to regulate it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be harder to do. And I no because cell phone service is under that. Um, you know, a basic phone service, cable um, cable service, all of that is under Title Two. So I don't understand why people are like why they're making this a big deal if they have to comply. It's like they're not gonna like. And I think one of the things was the faster internet. Remember, like now you're gonna wake up at like for 55 gig, you know. It makes no <laughs> 55 sense. 55 megs, you know, download speed. It's like no, that's that's an entirely different topic. That's an infrastructure deal. That's yeah. not you know the government's not gonna. Uh, we're lucky that the government could do what they do now. 
you know, and well, that was the big thing, and that was the thing that anti-net neutrality people were saying, oh, the government's trying to get their their hands into things that they don't belong. And my biggest my biggest argument to that with people was, so basically, what you're telling me is, <laughs> I shouldn't trust the government, but I should trust the which, corporations. But I should trust corporations. You know, like what's the lesser of two evils is the argument that we're having right now. Yeah. You know, well, at least the government pretends to give a fuck about what I think. <laughs> Exactly. You know, so I mean, it's and to be honest, I was surprised they even voted for net neutrality. I, I really, was I I thought net neutrality was going to win in the end, but I thought it was going to be a much longer struggle because yeah. it it kind of it didn't last that long in a government time frame. Yeah, you know, they were all for they were putting out banners and shit like yeah. <laughs> they were all excited about it. <laughs> I think it's because they knew the majority of the citizens of the United States would be for, would be happy that they did it. Right. Um. I, I also find this to be a perfect time to make an official stance that um, Laporte is a fucking clown, <laughs> and no one should listen to what that man says. <laughs> so, I I do not like that guy at all. He says the dumbest shit sometimes. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, well, the thing, the the I I listen to him just to kind of hear what he has to say and stuff like that because to be honest, I needed a tech podcast to listen to. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> When he started, there was a point where I stopped listening to him when he started mocking things like Snapchat and Vine because he just quite didn't quite understand. I was like, okay. He's a relic. I go, he's, I, that's, a f- that's what I said. I go, now you're sounding like an old man, dude. Come yeah. on. So. Like he, he did – um, he did – well, one, he's a Microsoft fanboy. And I like Microsoft stuff. That's fine. I like their stuff currently until they fuck up and then whatever. But yeah. um, – this is because I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> um, but he, he did a he did a podcast about Linux. Now he does not like Linux and that's fine. That that is his if he has a personal opinion to something, there that's not an issue with me. You don't have to like Linux. But the reasons he was giving were all false. They just they just weren't real. Like he was like, Oh well, Linux can't even connect to the Wi-Fi nine out of ten times. Like, first of all, don't use math if you don't know how it's used, <laughs> because that's bullshit. Like, the, he was describing Linux from like 1996. Yeah, you know, and it was—he's just a relic. He does—I don't think he's learned anything new about technology in the past decade. Yeah, but that's a different podcast for a different <laughs> time. Uh, I also don't like CNET half of the fucking time either because they're sucking Apple's teat so fucking hard. I don't know how I'm, Apple must have to get that shit that uh, new mothers get the lotion so it doesn't crack. <laughs> you know, so I, I saw a recent article on CNET about um, oh shit, Google. Google said that um, Apple's excessively high prices for their products is irresponsible from a business sense. Now, Google's irresponsible comments, not that, no, that's Google's quote, irresponsible, unquote, comments, <laughs> um, were a little, eh, they're a little wishy-washy. Like, you kind of got where he was coming from, but right. then on the other side, you could kind of be like, come on. Yeah. But the dude on CNET, it was just so fucking snarky. Like, oh, yeah, because um, I want to – he actually said, not word for word, but he said, I could spend less money and buy an Android phone so it can break all the time. I'm like, Google doesn't doesn't make the phone for one. You can't blame Google. And then he also tried to say that um, something about 
it was talk about irresponsibility is how Google distributes their operating system for their phones. I'm like, you mean open source? Is that's irresponsible? <laughs> it's free for everyone to use? Assholes. Yeah. You know, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like that's the kind of shit I hate from seeing it. Like they just I don't like biased shit. I hate I hate it more in the technology world than I do with politics. I expect it from politics. Yeah. You know, but whatever. Yeah. CNET, uh, Laporte, clowns. <laughs> Official Lazy Geek stance. I'm not even checking with um, Steve. <laughs> uh, now let's let's move over into some complete fanboyism. Uh, if you have not seen the new short for the Power Ranger, the new Power Rangers fan short, you're missing out a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, why don't you talk about this one? Because you're more you're more of a fan than I was on this one. I totally dug the short though. I'm more of a fan only because when the Power Rangers first came to power, it was the 90s, and I'm a 90s kid. Like, I grew up in the 90s. So, Steve's favorite childhood um, television show is obviously Gem and the Holograms, and we'll get into that a little later. (laughs) But (laughs) um, they made this short, uh, and it's if basically if the Power Rangers were R-rated. Now, when I first heard heard what it was, I was like, this is going to be stupid. Because <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be stupid. It was not stupid. It had um, uh, Katie Sackhoff in it. Yeah. It had uh, Vanderbeek. What's his name? Is his first name James? Yeah, James Vanderbeek. Yeah. James Vanderbeek. Um, essentially, just a quick highlight is it's the much more into the future of the, the their universe and um the machine the machine fucking the machine people or i don't know they shared their technology so everybody's all f- super technical and they the power rangers know that it's bullshit but they're all like getting knocked off and shit and and it's an interrogation between um Katie Sackhoff who is the pink ranger the original pink ranger and um, Vanderbeek, who I don't even remember who he was supposed to be, but he he's he's a traitor of some sort. He's probably he was a ranger or something. I think he was part of the second series or something like yeah. that. Yeah, if it's not the first Power Rangers, I, I get I get a little off because I didn't really watch any of them past the first one. Um, so good. I mean, it was just, and there were a few moments in there that were funny. Yeah. You know, like they they obviously put in some silly shit. The workout videos. Um, the workout videos and um some one-liners that were obviously put there for for gags like uh when Katie Sackhoff was like I prefer pink. Oh like, yeah. Just get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> but it was just so well done. And now the company that um owns the Power Rangers franchise they want it taken down. Well they uh, they got it taken down. And Facebook was the only one that was allowed le- left it up. Because um, Facebook can play whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, because it's, it's Facebook. <laughs> like I said, you know, Zuckerberg just took a couple bucks out of his pocket. You know, and I think I no, I think but, with Facebook it's different because it's a social media site, so it's not technically Facebook putting it up. Right. Uh, but uh, a couple days later, you know, the the guy who created this, I forgot, I forget his name, but um, and then the the copyright holders came to an agreement. So all he basically did, he could, now he's back up on YouTube and Vimeo, Vimeo, 
but uh, he had to put a disclaimer saying that this isn't like official. This is just you know a fan putting up this. It's not. It. And the the Power Rangers company couldn't just ask for that. Yeah, because I was like, come on, dude. I, 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 I to be honest, I don't know why they took it to to such an extreme. I guess because of the reboot coming out next year or whatever. But here's the thing: is that a lot of the lot of the people that were part of the Power Rangers, like a majority of them, liked it. Like they thought it was really cool. They thought they liked how, you know, they kind of they made it more gritty. Definitely not suitable for kids. Um, well, but- the the fa- the fans of the characters that they were portraying the original series are now adults. Yeah late 20s early 30s you know so that they're at that age where they will appreciate this it's it's their childhood grown up you know what i mean yeah totally and um and and i i just you know i don't really understand what the whole deal was but there were a couple of power rangers that like i didn't really like it It was gory it was violent and it's like you know it's like yeah we get it you're sucking the cock of you know the the producers who wanted it kid friendly and stuff like that and all that it's like yeah this is why it's called a fan film you can, you know, it's a fan. I do, I do agree. I do agree. There, sh- there should have been a disclaimer in the beginning because those disclaimers are always there. Yeah. Like this, this film is 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 not a fit. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I get it. But they, but they could have just said, "Can you please put a disclaimer on there?" I bet. I'm I'm sure the creator would have said, "No problem." I think probably because it featured like James Vanderbeek and Katie Sackoff kind of gave it it becomes a bigger thing it becomes a thing of like oh shit we don't want people to think this is what it's going to look like you know um katie sackoff by the way still just scorchingly hot (laughs) vanderbeek not that bad on the ice too i mean let's be honest he was pretty badass like he was he was you know you're looking at like i think he's underrated dude like vanderbeek is a badass i like vanderbeek because he's funny he's always quick to poke fun at himself and he's always quick to poke fun at the image that was dawson you know, he's yeah. he, he's that kind of guy. And... I don't want to wait. <laughs> so, you know. That... By the way, side, sidebar, um, I linked an article to Steve just now. Five essential technology podcasts that geeks should listen to for make use of. Now, This Week in Tech with Laporte is, is on there too. But we can skip past that to the quality ones, <laughs> such as Techzilla, Hack5. You know, even NPR technology I would listen to first. Um, <laughs> NPR <laughs> and Geekbeat. That, that's always a sign. That's always a sign of. Ooh. I can only listen to a few of things from NPR. They just get really preachy. They and but shit. and just such, such, such. Uh, not just preachy, but just like. Oh, what is it? Just so, just basically snobbish. Like when I listen to NPR, I I feel like I'm listening to a much older man <laughs> looking down at me like I'm a child, explaining how the world really is. Yeah, exactly. like that's how, that's what I feel like from NPR. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's an interesting thing. Geekbeat, the chick who does a uh, Geekbeat, mm-hmm. Callie Lewis. That's a video podcast. She's pretty hot, dude. Just saying. I mean, she's also well qualified and does excellent reviews, but she's hot. <laughs> I like I so. freeze over that. Yeah, she's well qualified. She knows what she's talking about, but she's well due to women's suffrage. I have to <laughs> add. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, but yeah, but uh, the if you haven't seen the Power Rangers short, definitely check it out. It's back up on YouTube and Vimeo. 
I downloaded that shit. As soon as I heard they wanted to take it down, I told Steve, I'm downloading it right fucking now. I downloaded the 720 with audio, and then I downloaded the 1080, but it didn't have audio. So I downloaded the audio, and I planned to com- combine them, and then I just deleted it and said, I have the 720. I'm lazy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> why, am I, why am I creating more work? <laughs> so then I went I went downstairs and watched it on the 55-inch, and that was amazing. And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, I, you know what? I didn't add something to the opening. I wanted to talk about. Ah, fuck it. I don't know. This podcast is. It's just real quick. I I finally got a a new cell phone. Oh, right. I know. Right, right. I know. We were talking about it on the podcast because I couldn't make a decision. And it. What was that time we brought it up? Like November. So yeah. yeah. So finally, five months later, he gets a cell phone. <laughs> Well, well, actually, four, four. four. That was more of a financial situation <laughs> than a decision situation. Um, actually, my wife was the one that surprised me with the phone because um, a lot of the bills are in my wife's name. Not because they can't be in mine, <laughs> but because I am so fucking absent-minded. I forget. Like, I'll get distracted with something, and I'll just forget it. E- the bill even exists. You know, so we're we're on this massive family plan um which sprint which is not my favorite carrier but what are you gonna do so to add a phone is is very is very easy for us um because it's actually in it's funny because it's in her mother's name but her mother doesn't even have a phone with it um (laughs) she used to but she doesn't but she's technically been a sprint customer for i think like a decade so she can, and she's never been late. So she can call Sprint, and Sprint basically just rolls out the red carpet. She could do whatever the fuck she wants. So I got, I got the Note Four. I got the phone for free. Nice. Um, the only thing is, is that I, for I don't remember the details, but when the two years is up, I have to upgrade and give the phone back. I guess it's like a lease or something. Oh, I'm like, whatever, I'd upgrade anyway. So she was asking me one night. Like, did you decide on a phone? And I think I listed like five phones and their pros and cons and bored the shit out of her. And she's like, why can't you just pick a phone? I'm like, it's a big decision. (laughs) She's like, whatever. And then um, the next day she told me, she's like, I ordered you a phone. And I'm like, well, what? Wait a minute. I didn't tell you what phone. It's like, I ordered you a note for. You'll like the note for. And that was the end of the conversation. I'm like, okay. So I get the phone. Love it great phone not one complaint so i'm just waiting until i lose the 30 dollar s pen <laughs> you know that you know it actually has a thing where if i leave the pen on a table by accident mm-hmm. and i walk away a certain distance the phone will start beeping oh really yeah it'll start going hey asshole you, hey. you forgot your s pen hey fuck that so, you forgot something <laughs> hey moron why don't you get your shit <laughs> It'd be great if you could change that. Go, hey, asshole! <laughs> oh, I would love it. I would You're too. Getting something? <laughs> hey, dumb fuck! Go get your shit from the table. I see yeah, but, a um... little bitch. Oh damn! I left my pencil over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cockless wonder! You want to get your shit? <laughs> Just super insulting. We're, I'm walking back with like one tear coming down my face, and I'm like, "What's the matter?" And my phone's just so fucking mean. <laughs> the notifications just really. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that real quick because I know we had brought it up on a couple podcasts because yeah. m- mostly making fun of me and my <laughs> overanalyzing of it's, everything. His inability to make a commitment. <laughs> of commitment issues. <laughs> I just can't like – and Steve knows this. I can't 
Nothing. It's so hard for me to make a decision because I make it way too big of a thing. And then he's like always, I start he's looking always, at every fucking detail. But he's always quick to throw out a recommendation to me, and then when it comes his time, he changes yeah. his mind and gets. And my recommendations are sound. Like I'll be like, oh yeah, this phone will be perfect for you. You know, it's it's so easy to do it. But for me, I'm sitting there going, yeah, but what kind of plastic is the frame made out of? Because <laughs> like that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Who thinks about this shit? <laughs> Uh, all right, and uh, finally in the in the opening, uh, guess who got somebody got themselves into trouble again? Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, it wasn't for drinking and driving. Exactly, exactly. Uh, obviously, she she made some headlines over a comment she made when TMZ asked her uh, because apparently there's somehow there's this rumor that came about, and I, it just to me it just like where do these rumors come from? Just random. It's just somebody on a forum post said something stupid, and it just gets yeah. too big. Yeah, and it was apparently Michelle Rodriguez was going to be uh, the Green Lantern or something like that. And when TMZ asked her for her uh, her uh, thoughts on it, she responded with, uh, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because of this whole minorities and the Hollywood thing, it's so stupid. Stop stealing all the white people's superheroes. Make up your own." Now, for me, I would be like. Okay, I get that, and I understand that. But of course, you know, some people get offended, and then she has to go on and clarify. And like Adam said, <laughs> Adam said, he goes, uh, I like when she clarifies it because it's just, just her saying basically the same thing. Yeah, she just repeats herself. Exactly. So in a video, she uh, first apologizes to those offended. She goes, on, uh, on Saturday, she took to her Facebook page and said, I wanted to clarify about my comments yesterday. I stuck my foot in my mouth once again and said that people should stop trying to steal white people's superheroes. I guess it got taken out of context because a lot of people got offended, but I have a tendency to speak without a filter, so sorry about that. Uh, but she continued on to say, what I really meant was ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a language. And the language that you speak in Hollywood is is successful franchise. And I think there are many cultures in Hollywood that are not white that can come up with their own mythology. I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying that instead of trying to turn a girl character into a guy, or instead of trying to turn a white character into a black or Latin um, Latin character, I think that people should stop being lazy, and that people should actually make an effort in Hollywood to develop their own mythology. I completely agree with it because when they it, to me. Whenever, unless it unless it works or it's for a specific reason, but when they just change a character's um, ethnicity or gender, sure. yeah. it's it's just cheap pandering oh, at yeah. that point, you know. And and I think what she's trying to say, well, I don't think I know what she's trying to say here, is that it would be a far better thing and much more respectable to come up with something new exactly. you know something that they can they can i say they because i'm white they <laughs> can call their own i have plenty of superheroes yeah. so <laughs> i don't need to i don't need i sound like a dick but i'm not trying to be a dick i'm just saying right <laughs> you know what never mind <laughs> how about here i'm hispanic uh, yeah let him t- i'm not even allowed to talk and stuff <laughs> like i'm just gonna sit here uh being being mexican you know yeah i would like to see um, some Latin characters pop up, not even be the main hero, you know, because I think too many times people walk away from something without reading, without the context of the character, as opposed to more of, oh, well, this person is, you know, this character is white, or, 
you know, uh, white blonde woman. Like the whole like Battlestar Galactica, prime example is Starbuck became a woman. Um, I felt in the beginning was like, really, did we have to do that? You know, just because we needed more female characters and Boomer was a, was a girl, but or made a female. But the characters were written really well. Uh, could they have just created other characters and, and made them, you know, uh, female or Latino or black or whatever? Yeah, totally. Um, and, and that to me, it just it, it is it, it does cheapen it a little bit like Peter Parker died and then bring in Miles Morales. We couldn't have had another because, God forbid, we have, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we have all these different Spider-Mans going on. And, you know, it, it to me, it just seemed like it was just a way of saying, oh, OK, let's do this. And I think when you hear these pseudo intellectuals on comic book podcasts and stuff like that that talk about i'm so tired about you know reading about a white spider-man you know i i you know and they're talking about you know you know uh racial equality like i need to see i'm tired of this i want to see like you know miles morales or something those people need to shut the, shut up and fuck off because these are white people that are trying to sit there and say that they're tired of reading about white people's stories and they want to No, that's where you're calling yourself a pseudo intellectual because you're trying to sit there and say like, Oh, I'm expanded. I'm an expanded person. I want it. No, 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 no. This is where the pandering. Exactly. Those people need to shut up and listen to the actual community that they're trying to target. I think, I think now I can talk. (laughs) Um, I look, most most superheroes in comic books are white. Let's be honest. The reason being is because most of the superheroes we love today created were created – <laughs> yes, exactly – in the early and mid-20th century. Yeah. So at that time, white people were a little higher up in society. So it makes sense. Does that mean we should now completely destroy those those characters? No, of course not. Because it's not like they were going, we're going to make Spider-Man white because I hate black people. Right. That's, not, that's not why that was happening. Um, or maybe it was. We don't know for sure. But, you know. <laughs> Stan Lee, that asshole. <laughs> you know, come on. But it's, it's um, I do think, and, and I, I would love to see, my, my children are half Hispanic. I'm, I'm married to a Salvadorian woman. I would love to see um, more uh, Hispanic superheroes um black superheroes everybody man let's get everybody on it because comic books are a representation of 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 life you know it's it's art imitating and you life can't sit there. and 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 life has more than one color exactly. so. and you, you, you can't sit there and say that there are no more superheroes to create you know i mean you can't sit there and say like oh we'll make a hispanic and he'll He'll fling tamales at people, and you know, and, you know, needs refried beans. It's like no, 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 no. You can't sit there and tell me that we we don't have the ability to create new superheroes. There was a superhero, and I because we can create villains all day long. Oh yeah, and they're always different colors. Right. Um, there was a superhero. It was it was a mini series, and and I wish they would have continued it. I I want to say it's Marvel. Let me look it up. It was called The Ray. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a um an Asian American character which is 
the the people that complain the least are the ones that get the shortest end of the oh, stick. Yeah. You never see Asian Americans being represented in American pop culture that much, unless it's in a negative. Still to this right. day, in a negative way. Um, so the Ray, he was cool. He I forget how it happened, but he he was much like a Superman character, but different enough. Um, he had those kind of powers, and um, it was a great comic, very well written. Um, and and the reason why I bring this up is because exactly what you said about throwing tamales and silly shit like that. Um, he was just a normal guy. Right. He happened to be exactly Asian American, but first and foremost, he was American. Yeah. You know, so he didn't. It's not like he was fucking. You know, making fried rice every panel. Right. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't so stupid. It was it was great. I think he was from Hawaii, um, and I think we need to see more of that. Yeah. And I think there's a market for it because a lot of a lot of people too will say, and this isn't a racist thing to say. It's kind it's kind of true, but I think things have changed. Where they say, is there a market for these superheroes? And I I I, I think now in the 21st century. You're not if you make an African American superhero or African black. Why don't I say African American? It's such a stupid way. <laughs> we, people don't say that anymore. Um, like a black superhero or an Asian superhero or whatever. You're not just making those for that particular ethnicity anymore. You're making it for everybody. Yeah, I, it, most people do not mind reading a comic book. Right. With when the skin color is different from what, their own. What always bothers me, and what I always felt was belittling in a lot of sense, was that the environment in which this hero was created or the hero lives has to mirror that specific culture. And to me, it's like no, you know, it's like why can't let's let's take Miles Morales for example. He has a pretty normal life. He doesn't have. You know, he, but he just happens to be that kind of character in this situation. You know, it's like, why can't he be just a Hispanic character who, you know, lives in an apartment, has a life, does all that stuff, you know, it, it, you know, but there's always has to be that, oh, we have to address, like, he's one of those that hate the neighborhood that he grew up in and is trying to be this. It's like, no, why can't he just be a normal guy? That's my issue with this, that there always has to be some type of inter, inter, internal struggle of this character's racial acceptance or, or what have you. And it's like, no, let's just have the guy be a Hispanic guy. Yeah, with Miles Morales, his life is actually worlds better than Peter Parker's was. Than Peter Parker's yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, he has his mother and father. Yeah. There's no real conflict. I mean, he's kind of a nerd, but why is that not cool nowadays? Yeah. You know, and he's in. He, I think, if I remember correctly, he's in a really good school, like a private yeah, school he's in or a something. Private school, and he just now just found out his uh, his girlfriend's parents are Hydra agents. So uh, that's yeah. true. And his his wasn't his his uncle uh, Shield. His uncle was a villain or something. Oh no, it? I thought he worked for Shield that was trying to. No, he killed his uncle. This was early. Oh on yeah, yeah, yeah. In the series, he had to. He didn't kill him, but he. He was involved in a fight. Yeah. And oh yeah, he well, died. and then you, um, his dad freaked out when he told him his identity, and you found out later that is because he was part of Shield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, damn, you know. But 
But that's not but but that's not the the type of twists and turns that you're talking right, right. about. You're talking about if it's a black superhero, he has to be from the inner right. city. He has to be from and he the, ha- like that yeah, kind of it's like he shit. has to be from the inner city. He has to be like one of those guys that's like trying to get out of drugs and stuff. It's like no, we don't happen to I mean, yeah, you could create some heroes that are like it, but not everyone has to be that way. And you can easily create heroes like that that are white as well. Exactly. I'm from the inner city, yeah. you know, exactly. so it's it's. So I don't know. But yeah, all right. Well, I think we've <laughs> we've dumped enough time on that stuff. Uh, let's jump right into the news. So this week in TV news, uh, you know, everybody seems to be enjoying the the season of Arrow and the the, the premiere season of The Flash, and the CW has been doing really really well with uh the shows that they brought on there and it was already a foregone conclusion that they were developing a spin-off from the flash and arrow and that was going to work out into being a series for next season now with the introduction of brandon routh's character who just donned the suit in last week's episode of the atom uh it, it seemed kind of rumorish that he would possibly be the likely candidate to be as far as the spinoff, given the fact that most of the other characters are kind of tied too well into their show. Uh, and uh, so it was an, it was leaked earlier this week by Deadline that uh, the new show is going to be kind of a team-up where it's going to feature Brandon Routh's character and Katie Lotz's character, who played the original Black Canary in the show, but was killed off earlier this season, or so we think. But apparently she's supposed to come back and star, co-star in this show. Um, people are already suggesting that because of the whole Ra's al Ghul uh, storyline that's in there, is it possible that we could see the Lazarus Pit uh, pop in there to bring her back? It's possible. Right. Uh, however, they're also say- stating that uh, Victor Garber, who plays one half of Firestorm, is supposed to be part of it, as well as uh, the guy that plays Captain Cold. So we're not sure, because in the comic right now, as far as like Justice League, he's on the side of good right now in the current storyline with the Justice League. So we're not exactly sure where he's going to play, but I doubt he's going to, I think he might be, I don't know exactly if that's going to be true, or maybe he'll be like a featured villain or something like that. Uh, but there's no report of Robbie Ma- uh, Amel, who plays the other half of Firestorm. So we'll have to see how that turns out. I'm sure this is still fairly new in the working out the details, but uh, that should be an interesting show coming out next year. Uh, I like Brandon Routh's character. He's he's turned into a kind of a fan favorite. Uh, I've always liked him, even when I thought he was a good Superman. And I really like his character opposite Felicity in the show. He, he really just has a great chemistry with her. And I actually always liked Katie Lotz uh, lots compared to Laurel, who's taken over the Black Canary role. I've always liked her, so and uh, so we'll see what happens when this eventually gets announced. But we'll see. But uh, uh, if so far they really can't do anything wrong. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, yeah. by the way, did you hear about um, the latest casting for Supergirl? No. They casted Dean Cain and Helen Slater in roles for the show. I know, I know they casted. Uh... Whoever played Allie McBeal. Oh yeah, they casted her as a character, but um, yeah, the Adventures of Superman and Lois, Dean Cain, Superman, and Helen Slater, who originated the Supergirl role in that cheesy movie back in the day. Uh, I like that movie only because she was so hot, dude. <laughs> I like the 
when I was yeah. a kid. But the thing is, for me, is I like the fact that uh, the producers of these shows, who's the same producers that do Arrow and The Flash, go back and do that like they did with The Flash. They that little fan service. That little fan nice. service saying like, hey, we know these guys play these characters. We're bringing them back. So it's kind of it's, – it's that moment like we see with The Flash. His father was the original Flash in the 90s. So I, I like when they do that stuff. It's always cool. I think um, uh, the best scene from that Supergirl movie was when she was asking – because in the beginning, she spends most of her time asking for help because she doesn't really know where she is or something like that. I can't remember. And she finds the trucker dudes, and they try to take advantage of her. Remember? Oh, like, they vaguely. basically were trying to rape right. her, but it obviously wasn't going well for All right, them. Right, yeah. But the, the, the whole thing that was funny about it was in the beginning of the scene, they're they're saying a bunch of lewd comments, but she doesn't get it. Right. Like, she's just like, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> and then as soon as they start trying to touch her, she's like, no. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this motherfucker's fucked up. <laughs> God, that's fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> Uh, but um, all right. That's that's good. Fan service is always yeah. good. Uh, tell them about my favorite show. <laughs> so, when Steve was a young lad, dig, dig, growing up, dig, 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 dig. <laughs> he watched Gem and the Holocaust. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's funny because I know this movie was already announced, but somehow I just didn't care enough, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't notice. Um. Gem and the Holograms, which is a rather let's be honest, let's be fair, it was a very popular show in the '80s cartoon. Um, it's getting a live action uh, reboot movie. Um, Learn from Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and the and the the concept of Gem and the Holograms is even wilder than Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, Gem Gem and the Holograms. Um, was about a, a a normal girl, I guess, but she was given these um these earrings that were it's set in the future. She's given these earrings that can project holograms, and they would transform her into Gem, the super pop star, uh, and her and her friends. So they they based that was a thing, you know. She put the earrings on, and she became fucking Gem and the holograms. Um, the movie stars uh audrey peoples as gem stephanie scott as kimber and Haley kyoko as aya when the j's in between it's aya right it's not aja aya yeah aya oh also aurora perennio uh as the drummer shauna who wasn't in the picture so they released a picture and you can see him on stage rocking out look at typical you know movie for teenagers or whatever um, the funny thing was, is when I heard about this, I was like, oh, they're always finding obscure things to make movies. And then I do some research and I'm like, oh, see, the thing is, 80s cartoons were, were I think that was the last decade where they really separated the genders when it came to cartoons. Like Gem and the Holograms was strictly for girls. It, it wasn't for boys. So I don't remember anything about it, really. But then I look around, I'm like, okay, so... The cartoon aired from 1985 to 88. Uh, it held the number one Nelson rating for a syndicated cartoon series in November 86 and 87. And we're talking about some pretty good fucking cartoons back in the day. <laughs> um, it, it's aired in many different countries. The UK, the US, Australia, Canada, Italy, and a few others. 
It was nominated for the Young Artist Award twice. And its associated toy line sparked a competition with Mattel's Barbie and the Rockers set, <laughs> which Barbie came out with after they came out. Unfortunately, they lost that, obviously. Nobody wins against Barbie. Yeah. Um, but I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know this show was a fucking... I was like, well, obviously, you know, Thundercats or Transformers is going to beat the show at everything. Nope, not so. So it's um, it was interesting, but we'll see how the movie is. I don't see this movie changing the game or anything, <laughs> or or I mean, it's got some you know, it's got some cute girls in it. Whatever. You know what it seems I mean, to me? It seems like a cross between Dazzler and Hannah Montana. Oh yeah, they used to draw even in the cartoon. They drew her like she was fucking scorchingly hot. Yeah. Like and and this is eighties drawing. Like they literally drew it. Yeah. <laughs> so um somebody was having fun in the art department for that show, but it's I don't know, it's it's just yet another eighties reboot. But um what makes it interesting is they're switching from cartoon to live action, which we've seen before, obviously, with Transformers right. and stuff like that. And um but it's um you don't see it as often. So We'll see. I know. I know. Steve's going to be there opening night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, because it's an '80s cartoon, we could be sexist about it because we're just being accurate. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> it, yeah, it's '80s, man. That's how it was. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. I, the '90s was like the first decade where girls can watch that too. You know that kind of attitude, oh. which is completely inaccurate attitude. You know, but um. I remember when I was a kid, no girl liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No girl that I knew. <laughs> I used to be confused. Uh, I don't like the turtles. What do you mean you don't like the turtles? Like the turtles. Fuck away from me. Yeah, slap. Yeah. <laughs> Just and don't even explain exactly. it. Just walk away. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were watching. What were the girl shows on around 1989? Mm-hmm. 88, 89. Well, Gem and the Holograms, I guess. Yeah, Gem and the Holograms. 88. Uh, Care Bears, Josie and the Pussycats, Josie and the Pussycats. Um, yeah. I think Strawberry Shortcake was around still. Uh, She-Ra, yeah, She-Ra. She-Ra. Oh yeah, she had her own show, didn't she? she? Did. Yeah. Right after He Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it needed that He Man. Yeah, lead it in. needed that because it was the same demographic. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it was the same fucking show. Just the focus was on a different character. You could almost see like the He-Man image kind of peek out from behind the because they literally <laughs> you, just you copied see, and pasted. <laughs> you see him in the distant background, background doing the He-Man, <laughs> and you you barely hear yeah. it while she was talking about something else. You know, he's like you could almost but, uh, see like uh, her castle was like superimposed on his. And you could kind of see his outline in the background. <laughs> It's not even. It's not even pretending to be well done. <laughs> oh, that'll piss someone off. Uh, now I want. Well, you know, I piss probably piss people off every time I fucking say something. <laughs> oh, I, I need. To, I need to see what cartoons were on for girls. Uh, my Little Pony. Oh, My Little, my little Pony. pony yeah. Rainbow, Rainbow Bright. Mm, that's it. That's what I was trying to think of. Strawberry Shortcake was okay. there. She-Ra, Princess of Power. <laughs> Get it right when you say it. <laughs> Gem and the Holograms, Rose Petal Place, what the fuck that? Star Fairies, I remember that one. Um, Poochie Cartoon Special. Oh, Charmkins, Charmkins, oh, Charmkins. wow. 
And then the boy shows G.I. Joe, a real American <laughs> hero, Thundercats. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja it just Turtles. has that power in the voice. <laughs> He-Man, master of the universe. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> and then the DuckTales, a few of the gender gender uh, neutral yeah. ones. Legend of Zelda, that, that was on for like th- fucking two episodes. Why is that even <laughs> in the list? That show was so horrible. Uh, all right, moving on into gaming news. Um, no, I want to talk about <laughs> Disney's Adventures of Gummy Bears and shit. This one is this news is cool though. Uh, we all know that uh, Arkham's the whole Batman Arkham City trilogy is coming to an end with the upcoming Batman Arkham Knight. Now, yes. one thing that should make everyone a little more excited about it is that it won't be rated teen for teen. As it as the other two have been, it actually has gotten an M rating from the Entertainment Software dun, dun, Rating dun. Board. Uh, now, there's no there's no explanation as to why it got this one, but uh, Rocksteady founder and game director Sefton Hill actually told IGN, "quote From our point of view, we never wrote it or made it to with a rating in mind." We never did that in in the previous two games. We just felt that the story that uh, that this was a story we really wanted to tell. Now he acknowledges that receiving the new rating doesn't does means that younger fans won't be able to play the game. Yeah, right. Uh, but he is against changing the story to make it more massive uh, mass market. You know what? I, you know what? I bet it is, dude. Think about it. This is the first game in this series where the entire city of Gotham is being affected. So we're talking about innocent civilians are going to be in the line of fire a little bit more in the story. I think that that has what to do with it. Uh, Quote, I'm not blind to the fact that the M rating does mean some fans will miss out, he explained. But I don't want to be obvious to that fact or oblivious to that fact. It would have been wrong to water down the game and deliver a story that we didn't believe in to keep the game mass market or enable it for more people. We feel that it would be wrong way to go about it. We said we love the story and we don't want to jeopardize that. We're not including gratuitous uh, blood or swearing, he added. We just want to deliver a true end with no compromises and it takes us to some dark places. Now, he explained that he had to, that Warner Brothers had some ish- issues and inf- um, about some scenes in the game and uh, informed Hill that he may need to cut them out. However, Hill stuck, to, Hill stuck to his guns and informed Warner Brothers that cutting those scenes would have destroyed the game. And speaking with a DC Comics executive, it agreed that they would stay. Uh, so, oh, DC back. Yeah, up. DC. After discussing it with DC, they're like, "Okay, you're right. Let's let them stay." Now, it doesn't mean they won't be slightly altered in any way, but uh, they, you know, the game's coming out in June, so it's not like they have a whole lot of time to revamp scenes or whatnot. So, we'll have. To- I don't. I was just left recently very uncomfortable after playing um, Grand Theft Auto and a, the torture scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I, I, I finally got to that scene. I, I, the whole time, I just my stomach hurt. I'm like, mm, this is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's I, I, I do, I commend, I commend them because Hollywood does it a lot where they, where they sacrifice the story to get a wider audience. Right. And and it it usually ends bad, so. But honestly, if you think about like Arkham City, there are parts in Arkham City where I'm surprised it didn't get a. Oh yeah, rating. me too. And I I think one of the reasons is because 
everybody knows that this is the final installment of that trilogy, I think it's going to sell no matter what it gets. Now, let's keep in mind that people keep sitting there saying, like, oh, that means younger people won't be able to play the game. Are you fucking kidding me? They'll play it either way. GTA, Call of Duty, those are all mature games. And all the copies they sell. There are very few parents that give a fuck. Plus, it's Batman, and then most parents will be like, oh, it's a Batman game? Okay. Yeah. And most likely, it's going to be the dad buying in. The kid like, could I play? Yeah, sure, here. <laughs> since, I've, since I've become a parent, a parent I've, I've noticed, speaking to other parents, that they do not give a flying fuck about the ratings of a video oh, yeah. game. They, they just look at the picture. On the on the box. Why do you think the Grand Theft Auto picture isn't a picture of an active crime? Because right. they know that. You know, like I don't let my kids play games that I, I let them play some games that are for older. Because I because I'm a gamer, so I know I know what it's showing. Right. You know, and I know what my game my kids can handle. But like I don't let them play. We're Grand also Theft the ones Auto. that check out the gameplay videos and all that stuff. For the yeah. Games. Speaking know, of so, which, if you guys haven't seen the new trailer for. Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight. It's too so. Scarecrow is fucking too scary, so. dude. Uh, it's yeah. The game, uh, which was originally slated for release last year, will come out PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on June 2nd. I let my kids play Arkham City. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, the only reason it got the the teen rating was because of violence but you know batman punches people i mean i mean he killed a guy what a couple weeks ago so you know with an uppercut well that's uh it needed to be done really it's a dick (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny if the if if they they have super or superman if they have batman kill someone in a comic but the reasons for something so stupid like he was just an asshole He yeah. parked in Batman's spot. Yeah. <laughs> or he was one of those assholes that had his little Prius take up two parking spots. So Batman was like, oh, fuck the shit. That reminds me, I always love when they put, um, who would, who, who, what superhero would you pick to go up against, like, a crazy Superman or something? I, I am always the asshole that says Batman. Like, the last one, the last one said pick three superheroes to go up against a crazy, murderous, fully powered Superman. I said I would just pick Batman because I wouldn't want two other people to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and nobody argues with you when you say it. You might get the occasional like, "Oh my God, shut yeah. the fuck up!" But no one actually truly tells you that you're wrong yeah. because you're not. Because <laughs> Batman has prepared for this contingency. He just recently fought Superman, yeah. like. Three issues of Batman ago. <laughs> Three issues of Batman ago. That just sounds funny. No, was it Batman or was it Justice League? It might have been Justice. I thought League. it was. No, it was no, it was Batman because it, it was the beginning of that the Joker yeah. thing that's going on. Yeah, he fucking he whooped his ass too. He's in this huge fucking mechanized Iron Man esque right. suit, you know. But uh, Superman Buster. No, no trademark infringement. <laughs> no, here's 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 the, here's the best part about it. The suit wasn't even specifically for Superman. This one suit was designed to take down the entire Justice League, and it successfully did it too. <laughs> I was like, "That's right." Batman keeps it real. Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway, 
Speaking of video games, children shouldn't play. <laughs> so, Grand Theft Auto Five um, for the PC has been it's it's becoming the Ark of the Covenant because it really it it's so delayed at this so point. So elusive to like that. I think everyone who would buy it still has already beaten the fucking game. Um, what did I put? I said at this point, the more superstitious of the lot wouldn't be surprised. If I said GTA 5 for PC, maybe cursed. <laughs> um, it was supposed to come on March 24th. This is after two delays already. Additional delay now. It's going to come on on April 14th. So I could read you the quote, but Rockstar gave the typical, it needs more polish. My gripe with that was how much polish do you need? It's It's been what? It's going on like a year and a half yeah. now that that game's been out. Why is it so difficult for you to port the fucking game over to the most flexible platform? <laughs> it shouldn't be that fucking hard. I know it's I know it's a process. I'm not stupid. But there's people, there's other companies who have less resources right. with much less uh, much less um, talent. Let's be honest, you know. They get these PC ports out perfectly fine. And I'm not including Ubisoft because <laughs> their PC ports are horrible. Um, I don't understand why this can't happen faster. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I really, they're really fucking over the PC crowd. And that crowd was me because I was like, no, I'm going to wait for PC. I'm going to wait for PC. Because Steve actually bought me, I think it was for Christmas, yeah. um, GTA 5 last. For your PS3, yeah. Yeah, for the PS3. It wasn't last Christmas. It was like Christmas before that. Yeah, like two Christmases ago. Unfortunately, like two days before we bought it, my PlayStation had broke. So it just sat in my closet for a year until I got my PS4 and then I traded it in to go towards buying Grand Theft Auto V for the PS4. So I just, I gave up. I'm not even waiting for PC anymore. I'm just going to get my PS4. That's fine. Because the only real thing the PC version is going to have is mods. And mods are cool, but it's it's mods for GTA are not something that you, like, like it increases the single-player gameplay value of it. it. It's just goofy shit. Like, you could have different cars, and, and you can walk around as a different-looking character and stuff like that. I'm sorry, but that's not enticing enough for me to wait. The twelve years it's going to take them. <laughs> I can put it on the PC now. Presenting Grand Theft you know. Auto Seven GTA Five for the PC is still delayed. <laughs> and the sad thing is, when it does go on the PC, you know there's going to be bugs. Oh yeah, because it is a complicated right. game. But the problem is, is that it's been so delayed that if there's even one bug, people are going to go ape yeah. shit. Are you fucking? Ki- are you fucking kidding me? You know that's that's the attitude that's going to happen. I mean, no. At the now, end of the day, though, it really doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, let's keep but... in mind that it's probably not going to be Ubisoft glitchy. <laughs> no, of course not. But it, it's not going to be game-breaking bugs. It most likely will be funny. Usually, when there's a bug from GTA, it's funny. All right. But um, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter when Rockstar releases Grand Theft Auto Five because it's not—it's not like it's going to hurt the sales of Grand Theft Auto Six. Right. I mean, they. This was. This is. I was talking to Steve about this. This is the second most expensive game that's ever been created. $265 million to make this game. Um, it was 65 or 85 And they made that money back in pre-orders alone. 
pre-orders yeah. alone. You know, so it's it, Grand Theft Auto is one of those staples in video games that it's just when it happens, people see, buy it. There's, there's that's no... one of the, the things that, like, you know, you see like these Call of Duty's. We have to have one every year to keep that thing going, and and now they're doing that with Assassin's Creed and with all those games. But here's the thing: is that GTA does not follow that 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 production cycle. It's just like one a generation, yeah, a console generation. Exactly. You know, it's in. You know, and and when they did four and five, it started with the PS3 and ended with the PS3, and then they did the remaster for the 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 PS4, which I still don't consider a PS4 generation game. Um, but it's like that's like seven years in between, and you're gonna sit there and tell me that you have to have a game every year. If you have to have a game every year, it's because you know that if you wait, your game is not gonna be good enough. Unless it's it's a competitive game, then it makes sense. If if it's if it's if the game is so like a sports game, right. you know, where it's the, the but even then, do the we pro- need one every year? Do we need a Madden yeah, every year? Yeah, I mean, they could they could make a Madden every two years and then just update the roster, right. but obviously that's making less money. Um, GTA is is one of those series that I don't even question the purchase. Yeah. If there's a new GTA coming out, yeah, I get you're it. You're pre-ordering that thing without it without second thought. Yeah, it's 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 done and done at that point because I know I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. Even my least favorite one, which was actually Grand Theft Auto Four, I got tons of enjoyment out of it. It was just my least favorite. Out yeah, of yeah. My favorite is San still Andreas. San Andreas. I'm I'm Grove Street for life. <laughs> my ringtone on my phone is the San Andreas theme. Every time it comes on, you see you see me bumping before I answer the phone. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on into comic book news so it's been over a week and i have not seen very much in the way of grumbling bitching moaning and wailing for people that weren't able to get tickets for the 2015 san diego comic-con which comes out which uh goes up in july uh two saturdays ago they released the tickets or the open registration which is Basically, people that didn't get to go last the year before and were able to try to get tickets. Uh, tickets went sold out in just under an hour, which actually makes it the fastest selling uh, Comic-Con to date. The, year, the previous year and the year before that, it was about 90 minutes that it took for them to sell out. Uh, most people seem to have a good time. If you followed those instructions, as most people did, and the ones that didn't, you sal in their tweets that they didn't get in there when they were supposed to uh seemed to get tickets and were able to get in and out in about the first 45 or the first half hour saturday was sold out and then after that it was in the 45 minutes or no first i i take that back first half hour preview night was sold out and saturday after that it was uh thursday and then it was Thursday and Friday, and then Sunday was the last one to sell out. And all, and and like 55 minutes into it is when uh, the San Diego Comic Con organizers re- announced on Facebook and Twitter that tickets had been officially sold out. Now uh, this will be the same as previous years. There was no uh, resell date that usually happens later on because most o- more often than not lately. There's been a lot less refunds for those because they're 
because of the fact that it's you know February and the things in July, people pretty much have an idea of what's going to happen as opposed to previous years when you had to buy tickets in November in order to get tickets for or to, for the event in July. So um, if you didn't get tickets last for this year, uh, get there earlier, plan it a little bit better. People were doing <laughs> some people were doing uh, group organ you know group organizations where you know a couple of people be on and whoever got in there first ordered the tickets for everyone. Uh, even the organizers themselves said don't use Twitter or Facebook because there's a lag sometimes in the delays. Use Skype, use something that uh, allows you to uh, contact immediately. So if someone gets in there, the other people can get out. Uh, so seemed to be pretty well coordinated this year. Of course, there were some people in, you know, on uh, Twitter and Facebook that were like, oh, I didn't get my tickets. Fuck you. Fuck you, San Diego. It's bullshit. I guess I'm not going again this year. Um, I mean, to be honest, if, if you followed the rules, everybody should have gotten a ticket. That's that's my deal. But next year, 2016, is the end of the extension that San Diego has with the organization. And because they've been having a certain amount of kerfuffle going on in San Diego about expanding their uh, convention center and the high prices of everything over in San Diego, there's talk, of course, again, as usual, about moving it to perhaps Los Angeles or Vegas or... Hey, Phoenix is ready. <laughs> Phoenix that. has its own little Comic-Con. We have, we have awesome convention centers and shit yeah. over here. I'm telling you right now, bring it over here. <laughs> LA has its own shit too. That's not a good reason not to have that. LA doesn't have its own Comic Con out here. LA has so many events. <laughs> Every time I see an event, like 90% of the time in Los Angeles. Speaking of which, if you guys are going to WonderCon in April, uh, exactly. you know, at the Anaheim Convention Center, uh, I'll be going there as well as I'll be going I'll be going there that Saturday and two weeks later I'll be back in Anaheim going to celebration star wars celebration uh that saturday so and if anyone's curious i'll be doing nothing so hey you get that you get that jobby job you can go to the phoenix comic-con dude that's what i'm trying i'm trying to hit up that phoenix comic-con it's dope they always have cool people over there too oh and 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 the ac is always crisp at the phoenix (laughs) comic-con it has to be (laughs) i just uh i just re-downloaded snapchat on my phone uh, so I'm going to try to start doing Snapchat. Figure out how to use Snapchat for the website and kind of go from there. I've never downloaded Snapchat, nor have I desired hmm. to. I don't understand the necessity for Snapchat. I could share photos on Facebook. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I don't get. Like Snapchat to me is for people who want to send nudes and shit. Uh, it- Steve's trying to send everybody. Oh, yeah. It's basically what I'm trying to Show this manscape that I got going on. (laughs) Anyway, tell us something that we already kind of knew. So, (laughs) (laughs) recently in Catwoman number 39, Selena Kyle shared a sensual kiss with the woman that is currently wearing the Catwoman costume, uh, Aiko passage away something like sure. that so <laughs> the big the, now dc brought this out and it wasn't a big deal for dc it's not like they put like 
they were promoting yeah, it or anything like that. You didn't see a USA Today it, article about no. Right, right. But it confirms what we pretty much already knew that Catwoman is uh, bisexual. Is, yeah. Right. So I think it it that completely fits the character because Catwoman is always or Selena Kyle's always been I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know, and um and and I Steve was the one who wrote the article on this. I completely agree with, with what he said where it was just done as a normal part of the comic. It wasn't done up like some big kind of thing. And I think that is the way it needs to happen when something a, like a social thing, a social issue kind of thing happens in um in an art form. Is it just happens. It's it's just whatever. Yeah, for me, I, it's, yeah, because like I, I look at it and I think like that's how it should be. It should be the issues released and then people that review the issue go, whoa, this happened in this issue. Not, hey, guess what's going to happen in this issue. Now, from what I'm, from what I'm reading here, this kiss is going to lead into something very significant in uh, future issues of Catwoman. But I don't think it's because of the bisexuality. It's probably just because of the relationship that's forming between the two characters. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting to read, uh, but it's, I just like it. I like how it's not a big deal. It is, it is a big deal that it happened though in, in DC. It's part of canon now. DC, yeah, and DC is the one, historically, that's been a little slow to move forward with changes like this. Marvel has always embraced, uh, um, this kind of stuff in their comics quite quite easily uh gay marriage stuff like that um but marvel does make it a big fucking fanfare like it's it's a huge huge thing you know about it months before it's gonna happen um this was just like you literally were just reading a catwoman comic wait wait what you know so okay i'm gonna go to the restroom real quick yeah i'll be right back um so yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. And if this is the way DC is going to start doing these kinds of things, I, I'm completely for it. Don't make it a big yeah. deal. D- don't make it look like you're trying to get everyone's attention. Just make it a natural thing. It's just it's just the way that story is playing out. Exactly. You know. So, because I kind of I kind of think with um, the recent gay marriage that Marvel did, it's great that they did that, but. They made it done in a way where they're like, "Hey, everyone, look at us. We're right. we care about this kind right, of shit." Right, right. You know, buy our comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's always better ways to go yeah. about it. And my one of my favorite Marvel weddings was the Deadpool. Oh yeah, Deadpool wedding. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, like we said, nobody's really surprised about this because even in the '60s TV show, you always kind of got that little. Because she's she's sexual about everything. Yeah. Every time she talks, she's just oozing sexuality. Yeah. So it's it's um, you know, she does what she exactly. wants. Exactly. All right. In technology news, uh, this is one of the things that many of us. I'm just going to read my article right here. Uh, this is this was one of the many things that we knew was coming. If you've been using MicrosoftOutlook.com email service, you probably know. Uh, probably know that they were using and supporting Google Talk integration as well as Facebook chat. Now, if you 
used those services via Outlook, you know those features are rather annoying. Nevertheless, you will not have to deal with them much longer. Microsoft announced on Tuesday, according to The Verge, that they will be killing those features, quote, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, Microsoft's reasoning for the removal of Google Talk integration was due to Google's decision to discontinue the chat protocol used by the Google Talk platform. Microsoft's decision to kill off the Facebook chat uh, feature remains a mystery. Microsoft did not reveal why they are terminating the integration, but with Facebook Messenger growing in use on Android and iOS devices, Microsoft's constant support of that integration probably did not boost their numbers. Microsoft's integration of Google Talk only happened back in 2013, which was considered a highly requested feature at the time. As you can see in the release that we have on thelazygeeks.com, this is not happening right away, but it will slowly disappear and probably be gone by summer. It was a highly requested thing because there was a Facebook chat. Hey, so the Google fanboys are like, well, what the fuck? Right. Um, Facebook chat was annoying, at least for me personally, because Facebook chat is such – it's so integrated in people's social lives that you usually have Facebook yeah. up or you have your phone right. next to you or something. So now I have two things that are going – And now, right. now if you, you think know. about it because Facebook is forcing everybody to use uh, Facebook Messenger, there's no need for the Google uh, – for the Outlook integration. No, how many apps are we gonna download? Yeah. You know, it's 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 just useless. I think Microsoft's just trimming the fat, yeah. really. So, you know, and that's kind of been their thing lately, making things more streamlined yeah. and slim, slimming everything down. Which which I agree with. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> if I agree with it, then it's fine. <laughs> so, um, so this one isn't much of an article. Uh, but it, it leaves a little um, – it leaves a soapbox out to kind of talk about something real quick. Um, the next major they, – they mentioned on the PlayStation blog that the next major update for the PS4 is, is coming soon. Now, by major update, you'll have like your 1.0s, your 2.0s, your didn't, 3.0s. Those are the major cornerstones. have the 2.0? 2.0 is in yeah. December, um, which is was not far – away but the reason why people are chomping at the bit for these updates is because um as great as the ps4 is and it is my favorite console out of out of the two uh current gen consoles it is lacking in the media um area now microsoft has put a big focus on being an all-around entertainment system so obviously they can do more things they have dlna built in um tv type stuff going on uh, the PlayStation 4, you can download YouTube, Netflix, and Hulu. That's, it, there's not much past that. Um, DLNA is, is, is a huge feature that people are wanting. Um, for those who don't know, DLNA is if you can... It's a uh, standard protocol for sharing, like sharing video or music or pictures from one device to another. So if I had like videos on my computer, I could just... The PS3 does it. It just picks it up like a media server right. or whatever. PS4 does not do that. USB um, external drive support is something that a lot of people are wanting for the PS4, something that, again, the Xbox One has. Um, so it is lacking in that area. So it would be great to see. Will we see it in the next update? Yeah. Probably not. Um, just because Sony how is... how long it took them to get PlayStation Now going. Yeah, Sony does tend to be slow to adopt that kind of stuff. DLNA, though, is a different issue because most of the patents for DLNA are owned by Microsoft. So that becomes a whole new issue where they have to pay Microsoft 
but Microsoft's paying them for Blu-ray, right. so you know maybe they can strike a deal on that. But there's um there's it's it's interesting. I <laughs> at first when I bought the PS4, I'm like, damn, I don't have DLNA, and then I got a TV that has DLNA, so I don't even notice. <laughs> but um, the USB thing would be would be nice. Yeah, I'm really um, surprised the whole uh, external bit isn't integrated yet. The reason being is because with the amount of you know, 500 gig hard drive that each both consoles come with. You figure with the amount of download that they want you to do because you're installing the game on the hard drive. Uh, it's, it just kind of doesn't seem. Well, two things with the USB thing is DLNA or or not DLNA specifically, but the PS4 needs to be able to play these formats before it even makes sense to have USB connectivity it can't it can't even play mp3s it can't even play music cds at this point so if you give usb first you, it's right, useless right, right. and also in sony's defense in a way um because i know in the xbox one a lot of people they'll buy like a four gig external and they'll extend their um the si- the capacity of their xbox now speed is an issue which Xbox fanboys like to forget, but still they can do huh. that. Um, you so Sony allows us obviously to upgrade the hard drive up to a two gig standard laptop hard drive, which is great. They did that with the PS3 too, but there are a large portion of consumers that feel that that is a too complex of a task to do. Huh. And I see a lot of people that say it voids the warranty when it does not void the warranty because the machine is designed to do that. Um, so there's that, you know. There, there's there there is always going to be a large group of people that don't that feel they shouldn't have to do anything when they buy it. It's it's it should be everything they want it to be right out of the box. Like I I personally and I know Steve is is the same way. I love that you give me the options to upgrade it if yeah. I want. Because if you if you gave me a PS4 with a two gig hard drive and all the shit out of the box, it's gonna be fucking six hundred dollars. Right. You know, this is exactly what happened with the original PS3. They made a device that was amazing for its time. It came with shit way above what other people were doing, and it was six hundred fucking dollars. Yeah. You know, the, Sony has been Sony is able now to cut costs on that by just allowing you to do it in the future if you need to. I still I'm still you running know, so. my old fatty PS3 that I bought years ago. Um, but the thing was is that I think it was uh the 40 gig the one that they just discon- Yeah, you upgraded the Yeah, and I upgraded the hard drive to a 500 gig and it, it was rather easy. There's just one little piece of instruction that I that um that was missing, but other than that it was like super easy to do. Yeah, and that had to do with the the, fl- uh, the formatting, formatting the drive. The drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, the PlayStation Three used open source um, partition structures. I can't remember which one it was. He had to call me. I was like, "Oh yeah, do this and that." I had to look it up though. Yeah. It was a bit. It was a little complicated. But um, I'm thinking sometime in the future, I'm going to have to upgrade my PS4 because I've decided to go. Well, I'm still on the fence about it, but I, I might just go strictly digital. Oh yeah, on on games because there's really no point in having the discs when I can just download them from the PlayStation yeah, and, Store. Yeah, I mean you're supposed to install them anyway on because the discs are only oh, useful yeah. for the first run, and after. And then you just have to put the disc in to prove that you own it. That that's it. 
Like when I play GTA, I'll press GTA, I hear the the disk drive spin up, and then I it stops, and that's it. It never spins yeah. again. You know, and and load times. There's only well, GTA is always like this. The first load time is a little right, long, right. and then there's like no load yeah. time <laughs> whatsoever. So it's um. But you can you can't go higher than two gigs, and people are complaining about that. And I'm like, well, now you guys are being dumb. Like, it, it's um, two. I think two gigs is fine. If you have so many games that you're filling up two gigs, especially on a PS4, you can't even put movies and shit on it really, unless you're buying all your movies from um, the PlayStation Network. If you're filling up a two gig, then you you need to either get a job or a, or a fucking significant <laughs> other because you're you're doing way too much on your PlayStation. Um, ga- the games are roughly what, like eight nine gigs, huh. I think. You know, so it depends on the game, yeah. really. But yeah, I-, I think I still think Sony's doing well in that aspect. But there there is a lot of stuff that I would like to see the PlayStation Two, and it will eventually. Oh be. yeah, it just it will eventually it's, have it's DLNA, and it time. will eventually have USB. Yeah, so I don't I don't remember any of the other things that people were complaining about. There's, there haven't been that many serious complaints with this, with the PlayStation yeah. 4. I think Sony's doing pretty good, but the PlayStation. I love how fast the PlayStation Network is now because I have a PS3 and a PS4. If I go on the PlayStation Network on the PS3, it is so fucking slow. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> PS4. It's just like blam, 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 blam. Everything's right. right there, you know. So <laughs> sexy. Uh, all right. Well. Uh... Many times people, companies, or someone does something that's straight up bitch. This is a section of the podcast called This Week's This Bitch. So This Week's This Bitch is <laughs> an old, old MTV show, which I'm sure a lot of you may remember, uh, called Pimp My Ride. Ayo, dog. <laughs> uh, exhibit. <laughs> um, he was like one of the best oh, yeah. hosts, though. Like he really, he looked yeah. excited about what was happening. Um, it started, if you guys remember, it started airing on MTV in 2004. Uh, it was basically just, it pimps people's rides. It took teenagers' cars and made them into, like, the shit of the shit. And it was usually really right, shitty right. cars. So, uh, an, I can't remember what, uh, it wasn't actually from BuzzFeed, but I, I picked up BuzzFeed article because it was just a lot more fun to read. Huffington Post. Yeah, Huffington Post. Spoke with some people from, that were, <coughs> that got there, um, to some former contestants that got their cars pimped up and actually <laughs> shed some light on it. And this is one of those things when I told Adam about it, we were like, yeah, it's true. I go, yeah, but this rapes my childhood. <laughs> like this officially rapes my childhood. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read the, the BuzzFeed article right here. Cause it's actually kind of funny uh, from uh, Julie Kliegman. Uh, because they tricked out beat up cars with everything from cotton candy machines to keyboard pianos to custom led screens and exhibit was an awesome host. And they show this meme, yo, dog, I heard you, <laughs> you like cars, so we put a car in your car, in your car, so you can drive while you drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the fucking shit they added to these cars were so over the top, uh, dude. They go, After speaking with three former contestants, the Huffington Post just exposed a whole bunch of issues with the show. Now, they go, first, you got to think each car had... Um, was in a shop for a matter of days, but contestants said the process actually took six to seven months. They go, uh, the show's casting director, Nick 
Chilandini disagreed. He told BuzzFeed News that you know, the average turnaround time was 10, 10 to 6 days. Some contestants said they did not pay, they had to pay some of the fees out of pocket, but there's no guarantee that they would be reimbursed. Uh, then after all of that time and money, some of the additions didn't even work. Uh, this guy from, let's see, my car was basically a polished turd. Season six contestant Seth Martino wrote in 2000, in a 2003 Reddit and AMA, uh, see the show, uh, may make the cars look cool, but the shop doesn't necessarily fix the mechanics. Martino couldn't use his car until he shelled out 1700 bucks for a new engine. He said. Uh, some of the cars were so old and rusted that they would have the mechanical issues. Uh, they would have had mechanical issues no matter how much work you put into them. And the production team and the car shops worked their butts off to get the parts for these cars, show producer Larry Hodgeberg told the Huffington Post. Um, Hodgeberg and B- MTV declined uh, BuzzFeed's news for requests on the comment. They go, and after filming wrapped, Guest says that crews immediately removed some of the coolest components from their tricked-out cars. Sometimes they did things for safety reasons that the kids on the show interpreted as taking, as us taking some items away. Well, then why put them in there for safety reasons if, you, if they can't have them? Yeah. For rating. 24-inch rims on, the, on a 1977 car, for example, were removed as a precaution. And as with a lot of reality shows, contestant, the contestants' backstories and reactions were reportedly embellished. Uh, I love the dude's, the dude's picture <laughs> right above it from Gawker. It goes, um, I remember this very clearly. Season 4 contestant Jake Glazer told the Huffington Post of how his um, memefied reaction to his car came to be. Uh, big Dwayne, Big Dane, very big dude. Uh, he put, He likes... He like put his arms around my shoulder, kind of walks me around the shop for like 10 minutes. And he's like, listen, we put a lot of work into this. We expect you to be a little more fucking enthusiastic. Uh, Glazer also <laughs> said that MTV encouraged him to dump his girlfriend in the name of giving him a better backstory. A single guy who needed a car pimped out, pimped so he could meet women. Uh, Hotchberg des- de- denied that story. Ultimately, Contestants like Martino said that they still got something out of the experience of being one of the network's uh, most memorable reality shows, even though the cars weren't in the greatest shape. I was very, ex- I was very excited and naive, so they could have uh, told me unicorns were making me breakfast and I wouldn't have questioned it, Martino said. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny, too, because when I read that part about him saying you should be more fucking enthusiastic, I would probably have to have that talk. I'm always a person that never looks excited when something mm-hmm. big happens. And I attribute it to my grandfather used to always tell me, and it's an old Irish saying, for every ounce of joy, um, there needs to, you need to pay an ounce yeah. of pain. So every time something great happens, but I'm instantly going, okay, what's the give? <laughs> like, what's, what's going to happen right. now that's going to suck to balance <laughs> this out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, reflex. So the other, oh my god, I look at this cool thing. And I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> I just kind of stand there for a second. Uh, there's an update to this post too. It says, "Pin by Right casting director Nick uh, Chilandini, who worked on MTV, worked for MTV for eight years, told BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed News the show never set out to fix mechanical problems in cars. 
quote, as much as it was a showy fun, uh, showy fun show, the intention was never to make it seem like we were fixing these cars and turning them into $1 million cars on the inside. Even though it completely looked like exactly, that Exactly, he said. He goes, it was about fulfilling a dream for a kid in college. Yeah, a new uh, fixed-up car would have been the dream of a college. He goes, yeah, because almost every single contestant, they would lead in. They would say at some point, "It would be nice if I could drive somewhere with right. my car." Like the kind, of, most of those cars didn't work. Although my favorite part of that show, and it's so stupid, but my favorite part is when Exhibit drove away oh, in right. the car. The cars that didn't need to be towed because. He always looked like he was straight fucking pimping. It didn't matter what fucking car he was in, he was <laughs> dipping in that fucking car. Like this always made me laugh. I'm like, look at Exhibit, fucking making it look badass to drive a, like a 1977 Pinto right. or something, whatever the fuck oh, they were man. driving. And it says, uh, for a car to be featured on the show, it had to be driven by the contestant daily and have passed inspection. He was not aware of the shop removing any features from cars after filming wrapped, and he said. But he said he couldn't rule it out. Uh, Chadini doesn't deny the contestants' assertions to the Huffington Post that parts of the storyline were refilmed or changed. Most of the story elements that maybe uh, that maybe were fudged or overproduced a little bit, but I'm sure it probably happened. Chadini said, "I can't debate that." It was, it was reality, reality TV. I mean, and it was reality TV before everybody started saying reality exact, TV was fake. Exactly. You know, so it was. And it was MTV. Right, right. It's the the pinnacle of of honest journalism. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to recommend uh, a this bitch for this this bitch for the podcast, please re- uh, recommend it to us on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks One Word using the hashtag this bitch. All right. Well, uh, before we have we uh, we want to thank you guys for the support of downloading the podcast. Uh, we want. We enjoy making the podcast for you for free, so please comment or rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, we can, you can even go to the website, thelazygeeks.com, and let us know what you think. It only takes a couple of seconds, so it would help us out greatly. If you want to get in contact with us, you can like us or add us to your circle on Facebook or Google+, um, as well as hit us up on Twitter, at the Lazy Geeks, uh, or send us an email to our email bag at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. Well, that is it for our supersized show this week. Uh, remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Peace out. Uh-huh. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com.